Good evening, viewers. The views, information, or opinions expressed on Myths and Misconceptions podcast are solely those of the individual guests and may not be representative of the show as a whole. Myths and Misconceptions is intended for mature audiences and will discuss topics such as murder, rape, torture, and suicide. If you, or anyone you know, are having suicidal ideations, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-237-8255. Someone will be there to talk to you. You are not alone. Now, on to today's episode. Viewer discretion is advised. Imagine that you're a kid again, and you go out playing with all the other neighborhood kids. You're playing in an area that your parents have told you not to be hanging around in, when you see the biggest, grotesque, and horrific-looking tree you've ever laid your eyes on. You decide, as the bravest of the group, that you'll climb the tall tree. But as you begin your trek, climbing limb after limb, you see a cool artifact in the center of the tree. And when you grab it, you discover that it's a skull. However, it takes you a moment to realize that this isn't just any ordinary animal skull. It's the skull of a human being, complete with teeth and patches of hair. One would imagine that this is the first 10 minutes of a period-era horror movie, but this was reality for four boys in April of 1943. Join us on this episode of Myths and Misconceptions to find out who put Bella in the Witch Elm. April of 1943, four boys named Robert Hart, Thomas Willits, Bob Farmer, and Fred Payne were playing in Hagley Wood near a place called Witchbury Hill looking for bird eggs when they came upon a massive witch elm tree. Bob decided to climb the tree thinking it would be a good spot to find eggs when to his surprise Instead of pulling out what he thought was an egg, he pulled out a human skull, teeth and hair still attached. 
the empty eye sockets staring back at him as if piercing through his soul. After a few moments of staring at his quarry, he finally realized what he was holding and dropped it back into the tree and climbed down. After retelling what he had seen, the boys fled home, not mentioning their discovery to anyone. A few days passed before the youngest of the boys, Thomas Willits, began having nightmares and confided in his parents. This was the catalyst that launched the entire investigation. Police arrived at the Witch Elm early the next morning and found an almost complete human skeleton of a young woman, minus a left hand. With the body, they found scraps of clothing with all the labels cut out, an imitation gold band, and size five and a half crepe soled shoes. The scraps of clothing hung to her bones, and a piece of taffeta was pulled out of the woman's mouth. This told the police that the woman had been suffocated to death, and now they were investigating a homicide. Upon looking at the body, Professor James Webster, the medical examiner, found that the woman was around 35 years old, had irregular teeth on her upper jaw, had light brown hair and stood five feet tall, and gave birth at least once. She had been dead for at least 18 months, and Professor Webster estimated the time of her death to be around October of 1941. Although he couldn't be certain on how she died, he could say that she was killed close to the Witch Elm, as she was placed in the tree before rigor mortis had set in. Rigor mortis starts within two hours of death and lasts for 24 to 48 hours. Had she been killed elsewhere, the killer wouldn't have had enough time to get to this remote place and stuff her body into the narrow tree. She was either killed before she was placed in the tree or left in the tree to die. The professor also remarked that because of the location of the body, the killer had to have intimate knowledge of the local landscape. With very little leads, the police set on the arduous task of not only finding the murderer, but also finding out who this woman was and why she was found in the Witch Elm. They sifted through piles of missing persons reports, dental records, they interviewed people, and even at one point tracked down every person that bought those particular shoes. The crepes sold shoes were traced back to the waterfront company in Lancashire. They were able to find all but six owners of the shoes, but were unable to find if the woman had purchased them or if they were a gift. As time went on, interest in the case waned. England had suffered for three years with the German Luftwaffe bombings and the entirety of World War II. The case of the woman in the tree had become a distant memory that was until Christmas of 1944, where on one of the stone obelisks outside the forest, somebody had written, who put Lubella down the witch elm? Then a few days later, another piece of graffiti appeared with Hagley Wood Bella. And then a third asking the iconic question, who put Bella in the witch elm? Someone in the community knew more than they were letting on. Were they the murderer? And if they weren't, did they know who was? From then on, the community, and even the police, would come to know the woman in the hollowed tree simply as Bella. They have never caught the one responsible for concealing her body in the tree, however. But the biggest question, however, 
besides the whodunit, was who was Bella. There are several theories as to why she was killed. Anthropologist Professor Margaret Murray believes that Bella was the victim of a black magic ritual ceremony called the Hand of Glory. The Hand of Glory is the severed left hand of a dead man and is dried and usually pickled. Then the fat of the deceased is turned into a candle which the Hand of Glory would hold. The Hand of Glory is used in black magic spells and is believed to aid burglars in breaking into homes and buildings. Professor Murray believes that Bella was drugged by the use of Belladonna, or Witch Hazel, and entombed in the Witch Elm Tree as a ritualistic slaying, possibly as an execution for a crime against the Coven. Murray points to another unsolved murder just a few miles away in Lower Quinton, the unsolved murder of Charles Walton, which is a case that we on Myth and Misconceptions have already covered. So if you haven't heard that one, why don't you go ahead and go back to episode two. Walton, who was believed to also be murdered because of witchcraft, was killed and his body pinned to the ground by the insertion of a pitchfork in his eyes. Another theory is that Bella was a German spy that was captured by UK intelligence. In 1953, a woman who identified herself as Anna of Claverly told reporters that Bella was a member of a spy ring that was trying to find information on munition factories that could be targeted by the Luftwaffe. Anna told the reporters that her husband, Jack Mossop, had been involved with the spy ring with a man named Von Ralt. One evening, Von Ralt had picked up Mossop in his car with Bella in tow. Then, Von Ralt drove out to Hagley Woods strangled her, dumped her body in a tree. A different account says that Jack and Von Ralt had been drinking with Bella at the nearby pub. She drank so much that she later passed out and the two men picked her up, drove her out to Hagley Woods, and dumped her body in the hollowed-out tree to teach her a lesson. Either way, the police could never locate Von Ralt. Years later, MI5 declassified some files that gave a little credence to this hypothesis. The files revealed that a German spy was arrested after parachuting into the Midwestlands, and his partner, a female, disappeared never to be seen again. Other theories are that Bella was a prostitute who worked the streets outside the forest entrance, and that a band of gypsies had camped in Hagley Woods and murdered her, or that she was a homeless woman with no family or loved ones to miss her. I personally have my own thoughts on the matter. With every lie, there is a single grain of truth, something to make the story just believable enough that people won't question your story. My hypothesis is this. Bella was a lady of the streets. Jack found her and wanted her services, and after a few drinks, he got what he needed. Perhaps there was an argument, or maybe Jack didn't want his wife to know that he'd been with a prostitute, so when she passed out, he drove her out to Hagley Woods, shoved the taffeta down her mouth, and put her down the witch elm tree. Eventually, a forest animal was able to dislodge her hand and scatter the bones around the tree. You see, because Jack would 
continually have nightmares of Bella being stuffed into the tree, which would ultimately lead to a mental breakdown before his death. In my opinion, usually the simplest answer is the most correct one. That's all the time we have for today, listeners. If you have a theory about who put Bella in the Witch Elm, don't hesitate to email me at myths and underscore misconceptions at outlook.com. I would love to hear what you think.